John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, 100 not out. 100 episodes and still going. This is extraordinary. Is this 100? Is 100. it Troy? This is episode number 100. We've cracked the cynics. And they said we'd never make it. Who would have ever The cynics. <laughs> they said those gibberers. The rubbish they talk, people will tune off after a couple, but you hear we there are, was, there 100 was, later. There was heaps of LBWs along the way, we got through heaps of slip catches dropped somewhere along the line, we're at 100 not out. We're still batting, that's Yeah, the we're still thing. batting. Two Q&As, love Q&As, the first one here, this is a really good send one. Send us in your Q&As guys too. Yep, send We're getting in. more and more, aren't we? We are, tompanos.com.au, or sorry, info at tompanos.com.au, just put Million Dollar Agent there, or Facebook, or, or Twitter, we accumulate them together, good. I get Judith puts them all on one list, and I love this one here, because people that get a suburb record feel really good about them, and they mm-hmm. should feel good about it. When right. you get a suburb record, and you know that you've sold the property at the highest price, um, um, I know that Brad Pillinger... So is this a question, was This it? is a question. This yep. is a question. So the question is um, specifically about an agent that has got uh, sold multi-million dollar properties and broken the suburb records. Yep. And what they're saying is, um, how do you promote this to your marketplace? And what this uh, uh, listener has said is that they're concerned that the buyer yep. will take offence Right. that they're making a big deal about yeah, yeah, them yeah. getting the record price. Now, this is something, John, that Good over the years you would, have, yeah, you would have seen. I mean, you, 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 a number of McGrath people must have records in their marketplaces. Yeah, should, you, should you take advantage of that achievement and let the market know um, that you've achieved the best result? Yeah, look, I think here's my off-the-cuff thoughts. Certainly, Tom, if it was public auction, and public auction, by definition, is a public event that everyone can arrive to, and most people, word of mouth around the community gets around pretty quickly. I think if it's a public auction, it's kind of game on. I don't think there's any problem. If someone goes and bids and pays $1.6 million and the previous record was $1.5, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The, the only caveat I'd say is do it stylishly. Kind of, you know, do a high quality, we're delighted to have moved a new family into the neighbourhood and achieved a new groundbreaking level for the home on 10 Smith Street or something. You know, don't, don't do it in a, in a crass retail wording that kind of belittles the buyer or the seller or the, or the transaction, because this is an important, it's a lot of money, client moves into the area, they should be treated respectfully. So I think definitely if it's a public auction scenario and it's, and it's treated tastefully, I think you can do that. If it's private treaty, I think there is a problem, because at that level, you're probably dealing with someone that discretion and privacy is of great importance to them. It's important to everyone, but at that level even more so because they're probably in the profile of the public eye if they're buying record-breaking homes. I I think that at that level, you certainly couldn't uh, talk to price. I think you're even in dangerous waters if you're talking, you know, we sold 10 Smith Street for record price. If it was an off-market or a quiet private treaty, I think I would be comfortable using it in one-on-one scenarios at listing appointments. I think I'd be comfortable using it in conversations if you were presenting to a small group of your clients or your business networking group, I think in that kind of private or semi-private environment. But I think when it comes to a letterbox drop, I mean, what? here's one of the things that I've found from dealing with a lot of high-profile homes and buyers and sellers over the years. They want people that achieve great results and have a level of discretion. So I think, you know, it's, like I said, totally different if it's auction or tender. Well, certainly auction slightly different tender because at least it's been promoted but when it's off market or private treaty i think you need to honor that 
So well, I love the fact these people are asking that because it means they're tuned into this. What I'm saying now, they're already tuned into it because they're feeling some level of discomfort yeah. in, in singing from the rooftops about, we got a 200,000 above the record. So I think you can do it. And, and look, I, I wouldn't be saying things like we got 200,000 above the record or 400,000 above reserve because I think, in a sense, it's a slap in the face for the buyer. I think I'd say we created a record, we sold this magnificent home, it achieved a record for the area or the suburb or whatever. I think you do it eloquently yeah. and in a quality way where the buyer, if the buyer read it, they'd say, OK, well, that's good. That's a beautiful picture of the home. I did pay a record, but they've handled it tastefully. So what do you think, Troy? Are you happy with that? Uh, yeah, I, I am. I also have a little bit of an issue when you say 200, 300, 400,000 over reserve because I question the ability to communicate the right figures to the buyer if it's a unique home and it's been pitched at a level. There are circumstances where the price expectation goes through the roof. As an right. auctioneer, we see that. But at the same time, I don't know whether if at an agent level you'd want to be announcing that you were off that far by price. And it's got a bit of ego. We were talking before yeah. about some agents that we, you know, we won't mention on air, but they're getting pretty good results. But it's accompanied by massive ego. I think what you don't want to have is any ego. Correct. You certainly don't want to upset someone. You will. You should never divulge confidential information unless it's approved by both parties. If the buyer and seller say, oh, yeah, of course, no problem, we're happy we've paid the record for But, you know, most of the time they won't be like that. So I think that's, that I think, would be the one, my approach. When, when a, uh, a media outlet reports it as a third party, um, it's quite different to a real estate agent doing a letterbox drop saying we've just got the record in the area because nobody likes someone that loves themselves and yeah. that person making a big deal about it. Right. So what I do notice is some intelligent agents, and I come from a, a world of publishing and I yeah. know how editors work, if they know that there's an auction and they are confident that this auction is going to have an excellent result, they will um, know that editors like yeah, yeah, yeah. stories. Very good point. And what actually happens is having um, a big uh, uh, media outlet talk about it mm, mm. and they mention you in it is far better than you uh, being the author of it. Again, as long as in that instance you're probably, I'm sure, it's an offering to an auction. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, whenever a client of ours has ended up in the paper or online and they haven't wanted it to be there and, you know, we treat that very seriously, we dig right into how that happened. And unfortunately, look, Everyone knows someone in media and someone says, oh, my neighbour's selling, you know, so-and-so, my neighbour's selling that beautiful home on the hill and they tell their buddy who's in journalism. And look, it doesn't have to be an agent leak to get into the media. I mean, media's job is full-time to find information out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, so that's the approach anyway. Hopefully that helps. Young, so if, uh, if we can still, Troy, have we got time to fit in a, a quick Q&A, which we didn't get through last year. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm fascinated to hear the answers of this one here because we're going to get John on the spot. It's from Daniel... Sudarov, who wrote in last year and said, I would like to ask John a question. What are the three biggest mistakes he's made in business and also while operating as a, as a sales agent? You so said this John? is going to be quick. This, this, yeah. could be, this could be the next 12 podcasts. We could, uh, we could flag all these. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we can reframe that and say what are the three biggest learnings or lessons along the way? Well, uh, look, I think whether it's learnings or lessons, God, that's a good point. And, John, I mean... Um, Without notice, it's always good to kind of think what comes to your mind. Yeah, what are the things? And, and, I think and as a business, and I'm very proud of what we've achieved, you know, in, in, in our history, but 
I probably would have pushed the growth button even earlier. I think, you know, we've been focused on great service and and to some degree, maybe less degree, but growth has been important to us. But it's sort of over the last five or six years, we've had more of a focus on growth. I think I would have probably thought more as a business person earlier on and targeted growth opportunities and less as an agent. I think one of the problems for most of us in the industry is when we become a business person, our only training is we used to be an agent which in some ways is probably not the world's greatest, whereas in other industries you've got to go to certain to get degrees and go to business school and people get to Harvard Business School, they go through traineeships, whereas like me, most agents out there that have businesses were just used to be good auctioneers or good agents. So I think that's what I would have done. I think um, technology, even though I think nowadays we're at the forefront, I, I think that I would have invested more in technology earlier on um, even though the internet, I guess, in some ways is probably you know, a thing of the last decade, but yeah. technology allowing us to service customers better and databases and that sort of thing, I think I would have probably spent more money, time and effort earlier on in doing that. Um, and I think just you know, other than that, they would be you know, two things well, that come to mind. I mean, I'm curious, uh, that, uh, our audience, I would say 80% would be sales agents that are out there listing and selling. Yep. Is it is it your your biggest learning as a salesperson? If if John McGraw was starting work again, knowing what he knows about real estate sales and listings, what are the things that you thought you you got wrong in those early stages? Um, I think it comes down to a few of the old basics. I think I didn't believe as much as I should have believed in myself early on. Right. So I let some of my competitors psych me out of the market because they were a bit older and they were sort of better. Now, I used to win certainly more than my fair share, but I think in hindsight, if I'd have had as strong a mindset as I have today, I, I certainly would have probably won a lot more business earlier on. Because, you know, I was 20 when I started selling, and, and I guess even today that's fairly young to be in a sales role. And I think I kind of let that hold me back a bit too long. Yeah. So I think that would have been one. Um, Probably investing in a team, which is now commonplace, but when I started out, it took me a long time, and I think we were one of the forerunners in our business to do it, but I would have invested in support earlier. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was Tony Robbins, and though someone was talking about Tony Robbins, they said when they met him, and they said, you've had a phenomenal success. He said, why do you think that is? And they said, oh, you're very talented. He said, no, the world's full of talented people. He said, why do you think? And, and they said, I don't know. What's your answer? And Tony Robbins said, I have a team. Because he said, do you think you know that I set the chairs out before you got here? No. Do you think I did the brochure that actually went to you? No. Do you think I typed up my own slides? Probably not. And he said, you're right. I have brilliant people to do all those things, which allows me to focus on my one core skill, which is coaching and inspiring people and taking them to the next level. So, you know, a lot of us in the real estate industry, we do set the chairs out and we do yeah. type our own slides yeah, and we do, well you know, said. sort of do the brochures. So I think probably leveraging earlier... That comes from, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I, I think in a way that's good and in a way it probably interferes a bit. Um, so I think that would have been one and a of... A lot about, John, you know, I think it's uh, probably one of the biggest um, decisions that a, a salesperson that listens to our podcast and my experience with interviewing agents, the biggest decision they made was the day that they were putting someone on mm. to work in their team because firstly they're outlaying money Secondly is they don't know how to manage that person. Um, thirdly is that um, they're nervous about 
um, what they're going to be giving that person to do. Yeah. It seems to be a big decision for a person that's maybe making $100,000, $150,000 themselves, which they're probably riding 300 GCI or 350, mm-hmm. to get the mindset to say, um, now I actually have to pay someone every mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. responsible for that person. And it should be a big deal. I mean, it should yeah. be a big deal. Um, because that is, that's, you know, potentially a third of your take-home, you know, pre-tax take-home. Uh, so I think you should, you should weigh it up. There's a few ways, you know, a few easy, low-hanging fruit things. There's one is you can share an assistant with someone. If you've got another colleague that's also of the mindset of should I or shouldn't I, get together and hire someone, that takes it down by half. And in the early days, you probably only have half, half a week's worth of work for that person anyway. So that would be one. Um, secondly is, you know, hire someone on a three-month contract. Just say to someone, look, you know, I know you're out of work, but you're talented at what you do. You're between careers. I'd love to hire you, but I'm not sure it's going to work yet. Would you take on a three-month project and I'll yeah. pay you as a consultant? And then if it works for both of us, if you like the job and I like what you're doing, we can then, you know, translate it into a transition into a full-time I like, role. I like that approach, Troy, because it's not actually saying I'm putting my neck on the line for $60,000. You're basically saying, um, I'm putting my neck on the line for about $3,500 a month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna make it work, because yeah. I want it to work. And if it doesn't, and I'll it burn 15000 yeah, not the yeah, end of the world. Yeah. So they would be the things. Um, but there, yeah, look, you know, it's, a, it's a funny question when people say, what are your greatest mistakes? Because reality is, and I'm not being silly here, is you make, you make them every day. The question is, what are your biggest ones, um, you know, and, and so it's a different thing, but you know, we the good lesson for everyone out there: it's not the mistakes you make; it's the wins you have. Mm. And you got to make mistakes on the way to getting the wins. You got to have rejection. You got to make mistakes. You got to make the wrong calls. As long as the wins far outweigh, which they normally do if you if you're focused on your job, the setbacks. Don't be naive and think that you can go through life and you can go through a real estate career without losing lots of listings, without taking on listings that even with your best efforts don't sell. Yeah, these things are going to happen. So hopefully, hopefully that's valuable. So we did two today, right? Those yes, we two, did two Q and A's. Great two stuff. S- Hot months. Summer still here. Um, so write in, write in, everyone, write in. I love these Q and A's. It's like one of my favourite things because you really feel like you're talking to these people. And the, the questions, you know, I don't know if I'm being silly, but the questions are getting better and better. Like are. Yeah. people are really getting specific, and they seem to be really coming out of their shell and asking us. Really good question. So thank you f- to, uh, I think it was Daniel today and, and well, I don't know the other one, but they're both good. So please keep sending them in to Tom at, is it, what is uh, it, Tom? Info at tompanos.com.au. Info at tompanos.com.au. Also and it can be about anything, not just about listing and prospecting. It could be, you know, I want to talk in the next few weeks maybe, Tom, about work-life balance again. So if someone's struggling with that, how do you deal with, you know, being a single parent and having three kids and trying to build a million-dollar business? Is it possible? We can talk through that. Uh, so a whole range of things. So any, any question you've got out there is probably a good question, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. There is a little bit of a backlog as well, so we are getting through them throughout the year. We'll get to yeah. as many as possible, but uh, keep sending them in because we will get to them. Maybe we should do one a day podcast. <laughs> there is a podcast out there, one a, day. one a day. I think it's Entrepreneur on, on Fire. fire. Yeah. He's very good. He's quite cheesy, I'm but very good. This John McGraw, he knows. I was, I was just waiting. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, was I know, I know the answer to this question, <laughs> right? And I was just going to let him go for it, and then I was going to come in and correct Fire him. Nation. He says, come on, Fire Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I like it. It's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good All guy. Right, guys. Okay, good to everyone. see you again. Thanks, Speaking guys. of next week. Welcome back. Bye.